Welcome to this podcast episode of Narcissists in Divorce, The Narcissist Trap. I'm Dr. Supriya McKenna. I'm a former family doctor, but my life's true work is working with people who have fallen prey to narcissistic relationships of any kind. But I'm particularly busy in the area of divorce. Over the last few years, I've been very proud to become an Amazon best-selling author on the subject of narcissism, and my brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce, From Love Locked to Leaving, is out right now on Amazon. That's the first book in the Narcissists in Divorce series, and the follow-on to that will be out in the spring, and that's called Narcissists in Divorce, From Leaving to Liberty. And please do note that although I use the word divorce, these books are equally applicable to anyone leaving a serious intimate relationship with a narcissist, whether they are married or not. I also have a book out called The Narcissist Trap, The Mind-Bending Pull of the Great Pretenders. And that book might be useful in helping the people around you who are supporting you to understand more about what happened to you and about narcissism generally. I'm also the co-author with British divorce lawyer Karen Walker of Narcissism and Family Law, a practitioner's guide. And between us, Karen and I have trained thousands of family law professionals in narcissistic personality disorder, including judges, lawyers, mediators and social workers. For further narcissism resources from me, please do visit thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com. And that web address has the doctor fully spelt out. So, Supriya, we've talked previously about narcissistic individuals being hardwired um, and behaving in a very particular way. Mm -hmm. But um, how is it that people come to be narcissistic in the first place? Is there any pattern or how does it come about? Yeah, well, the current thinking is that narcissists are largely made rather than being born. So people tend to think that at the moment that narcissism develops in in relation to how one is brought up and their environment and the way that they were brought up rather than it being genetic although some studies have shown um, and I'm talking about studies where you take identical twins and they've been separated at birth Um, so some of those types of studies have shown that there is actually a genetic link as well so I think really as with most things it's probably an interplay between genetic predisposition to becoming a narcissist and the environment but it's mostly the environment so it's mostly about how a person has been brought up okay and there are various types of parenting styles that can lead to that of course the other thing is that if you've been brought up by a narcissist you learn narcissism you're tiptoeing around that parent's needs basically because they're a narcissist and you learn to become a narcissist yourself you're essentially taught it so that's mm-hmm. one of the most common ways of becoming a narcissist one of the things i was going to ask supriya as well is um do you have to have two narcissistic parents or is it likely that you would have just one and what can the other parent do to try and combat this effect that this parenting style is going to have on the children? Yeah, the answer is it's quite actually not that common to have two narcissistic parents. It does happen. When it happens, it tends to be right. that you've got an exhibitionist yeah. style of narcissist with a closet narcissist. 
because two exhibitionists, narcissists, really wouldn't last very long at all. Right. Um, they drive each other completely up the wall. Um, and with their openly sort of devaluing behaviours, etc., the whole relationship would just um, implode very mm. quickly or relatively quickly. But with a closet and an exhibitionist, they'd work together reasonably well, actually. It's not a genuine mm. relationship. There's no love there, but they could actually go on for many, many years, mm. um, if not forever in that type of relationship. But if you've got one parent, and most, so most commonly, it's going to be one parent that's a narcissist rather than two parents. But so, so often in narcissistic relationships, the other parent is the narcissist's enabler because they don't know what's going on. So they just sort of enable that parent to behave in the way that they do. And of course, the parents yeah. behaving um, idealizing and devaluing the child, but they're also idealizing mm. and devaluing the spouse. So that spouse has no idea what's going on. They're in a cycle of being love bombed and then devalued. Mm-hmm. They don't know that whether they're coming or going. The narcissist mm-hmm. is blowing hot and cold. And they tend to sort of put the narcissist on a pedestal themselves. And therefore, if the narcissist is behaving in certain ways towards the child, they kind of they kind of go along with that. So, so commonly, the spouse of the narcissist is actually an enabler of the abuse on the child. And so that's completely unhelpful. And so, so much resentment out there for the children of narcissists um, towards their non-narcissistic parents. So, so much because they let it happen, because they didn't step in. So they have to be aware because there's nothing they can do about it if they're not aware of what's going on. Um, and of course, this is one of the sort of big reasons why we're trying to, to raise awareness of this condition. And I suppose if the non-narcissistic parent really doesn't have a clue what's going on, you, you mentioned um, this situation being circular and it, it has a feel to it. It's um, a little bit like a lot of characters being whipped up into a bit of a drama that one person is at the centre of it. It conjures in my mind. I don't know if you remember um, the the Sorcerer's Apprentice in Fantasia, but suddenly it all gets a bit out of control. It, it sort of feels like that kind of environment, and that if the non narcissistic parent doesn't really understand what's going on, um, and therefore um, is caught up in that chaos and and not really. Um, in any way able to protect the child but almost unwittingly enabling the narcissistic parent Um, that's quite a difficult position to be in Um, and I think as you rightly say underlines why we've been trying to raise awareness of this situation. But if they are aware then really it's all about making up for the deficiencies of the narcissistic parent. So the narcissistic parent can't can't empathize with the child. They see the child as an extension of themselves. So the child has to do what they want, be who they want them to be, have what they want them to have. So obviously these are things where the other parent can make up for, for that by seeing the child as a separate individual, validating who they are, listening to what they need and just kind of encouraging them to be a a sort of separate human being really Um, listening to their fears validating their emotions all of that it's just good parenting really but it's more of it because they're only getting it from one side and they've got a destructive relationship on the other side at what stage in your development or what age are you most susceptible to parenting that is likely to give rise to narcissistic traits in your own behavior is it something that happens when you're very young really even from before you can remember so before Mm -hmm. the age of two but throughout childhood um, it tends to be certain types of parent that that can lead to this problem and I'm not talking here about the narcissistic parent but parents who and everybody knows a parent like this parents who 
only give their children conditional love. So if you're the sort of parent that makes your child, they have to be the best at everything. So they have to be the best at sport. You know, they have to be in the swim squad. They have to be on in the national team for, for whatever they're playing, whatever sport right. they're playing. They have to be a grade eight violinist at the age of eight they have to be Mary in the nativity when they're three and they have to be you know have to continue in this vein they have to be the lead role in every school play etc etc so those types of parents only love their children when they deliver um, yeah. when they deliver on these things um, and the child obviously feels like they're in, under enormous pressure mm. to deliver and they don't really know what's going on but subconsciously, what's happening mm. is that they are just sort of jumping through hoops and becoming overachievers in order to secure their parents' love, um, and nice. which I said is, is completely conditional on that. So the child learns then that external validation is what gives them their sense of, of feeling OK. They need external validation to feel OK about themselves. Um, and of course, that's mm. exactly what narcissism is. It's all about external validation narcissistic supply from other people to keep that false persona going to stop them from having to feel the kind of shame and inadequacy mm. that they really feel mm. so that's that's one way to, to make a narcissist that can be seen by the non-narcissistic spouses as being you know a good thing he or she is is trying to get the child to, to do really really well in every area of their lives and um, because they want mm. the best for them but it's easier to see in one of the other parenting styles that other parents employ that might make a child narcissistic. So right. the belittling parent, another common parenting style. And again, it could be due to the, the person being narcissistic or it could be that they're not narcissistic. They're just not a very nice person and they belittle their child. But that's, again, something that, that can lead to narcissism in a child. So constantly being criticized, um, constantly being put down, the child comes to believe, they internalize this message of I'm no good. And then they sort of want to overcompensate for it. So, you know, if their father or their mother constantly tells them they're useless and they're no good, they, they take that message on board, but they want to, in their heart of hearts, they want to feel special and they feel they have mm -hmm. to prove themselves. So they quite often look for money or status or, or power as they grow older so they might work very hard to achieve those things in order to prove to themselves and to the, the world that they are in fact special and again that can foster um, narcissism because again it's external validation it's all about external validation and it's hiding from those feelings of, of inadequacy again and um, so that's another way that mm. narcissism mm. can can be formed yeah no I can see that it's almost a pendulum between over spoiling and neglect would yeah. that be right yeah and, and that's quite hard you just think well how do you strike that balance we have that whole self-esteem movement where where parents are telling their children that they're wonderful and brilliant and that they believe them to be perhaps more special than they actually are and they congratulate them for things that are sort of for anything at all so they haven't really achieved but the uh, the parents kind of overinflated um, their achievements and exaggerated um, how great they are you'd think well that's wonderful that's kind of raising self-esteem that's a brilliant thing but in fact again too much of that can cause a child to be narcissistic because they internalize that message well I'm entitled to special treatment so it is really really hard actually to, to strike that balance one in 20 people would qualify for a diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder. So 95% of people are doing it right, just to kind of put that back into context. 95% 
are not narcissists. Of course, if you've been in a narcissistic relationship, um, you're that kind of person that attracts narcissists. So therefore, um, you'll probably turn around and look around yourself, um, having noticed that your you know, husband or wife is a narcissist, you'll turn around and you'll look around and you'll see that, oh my gosh, you know, my, my dad was a narcissist or, you know, my sister is a narcissist or, you know, my best friend's a narcissist. How could I not have seen this? And there are narcissists all yeah. around you because you've sort of, they're, they're your normal. So you've kind of attracted these people to you or you've come yeah. from that background yeah. where there are lots of narcissists. You know, if your background, if your family um, of origin had one narcissist in it, it's more than likely there'll be more than one narcissist. Mm. You might just mm. think the world is made up of loads and loads of narcissists. Mm. Well, you know, 95% of all people are not narcissists. Mm. And that is important to know, I think. I think that's good to know. And, and yet I think you know, we've, we've made it clear that these people are in the minority. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's just that because of their difficulties in relationships in the area of family law, um, they're a much higher percentage because we're dealing with the, the people whose relationships go wrong. Also, one narcissist has all those people, many people in different orbits around them. And so one narcissist actually inflicts mm. a disproportionate amount of damage um, in relation to, you know, yes, they're only 5% of, um, of the population, but actually they're affecting many more. So everyone will either know someone who's been affected by a narcissist, whether they understand that was what was going on or not, or have been directly affected by a narcissist. I would say it's extremely rare to not have been affected in some way, um, even if it's indirectly. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, and, and that's back to the point about the fact that the narcissist needs supply from so many different um, areas, so many different people that they've got to maintain all these orbiting um, moons around them um, to, to um, use at different times. Yes, that's exactly right. People talk about the need for narcissistic supply as being like a bucket with a hole in it. So you just have to keep filling it up and no one person will ever be able to fill that bucket up enough and keep mm-hmm. it full. It's just going to be constantly draining. And of course, also with time, some researchers have postulated that that narcissists are actually addicts they're actually addicted to narcissistic supply and so just like with any other addiction over time you need more and more and more of the substance to get the same hit and just like that a narcissist requires more and more narcissistic supply to get that hit that they need to feel okay so it seems to be that some narcissists over time just get worse and worse and worse they need more and more people and they devalue more and more people to 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 bring or or they need attention um, or adoration um, or drama or conflict and those are the the key ways that they get narcissistic supply they need more and more people orbiting them to get that narcissistic supply so it does seem to get worse and worse mm. with mm. age for many narcissists mm. that that doesn't bode well does it no but the thing is most people don't even know that they're they're in an orbit they're orbiting the narcissist and they did there are many many other people also mm. in that orbit but they don't even know that they're there mm. Mm. and I suppose taking it a generation further in a family situation you may find that there are narcissistic grandparents who then have a, a, a big influence on on their grandchildren over exposure to other mm-hmm. family members like grandparents perhaps for childcare or otherwise will simply mm-hmm. pass that 
difficulty down a generation would that be right oh absolutely people underestimate I think the importance I mean yes you know we talk about the damage done by a primary caregiver can be the main way but also there are these people that are just one step removed like the grandparents Mm. and if if they are around a lot of the time they can inflict an awful amount of damage um, on on a developing Mm. child because again the child comes to believe that these behaviors are normal Mm. it's so important to really think deeply about that people always assume oh it's it's good for the children to see the grandparents but that isn't necessarily the case and it's certainly not the case if that grandparent is narcissistic yeah and of course narcissism passes down the generations even though it's largely not genetic it Mm. still passes down the generations because a narcissistic parent will produce a child Mm. who is either likely to either become a narcissist or to attract a narcissist in later life, then they're going to have children. Mm. Those children will then be subjected to narcissistic behaviours. They will then either become Mm. a narcissist Mm. or attract Mm. a narcissist in later life, and so on and so on. And so the generational chains of narcissism are just so, Mm. so important Mm. to break. I can see that because otherwise, actually... Um, as a as a personality disorder, just through the behaviours of the number of people who are in, involved, it's going to multiply, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, that, and that's the thing. Again, it's postulated that narcissism is on the increase. You know, it might be multiplying mm. because of that. But also, we have the the whole issue of the fact that it's now becoming acceptable almost to be narcissistic, that we mm-hmm. value narcissistic traits, we value wealth and power and status. And and so we don't call them out as being yeah. pathological. Obviously, some of it's fine. There's a, it's all about degree, mm-hmm. but we accept it more, I think, than perhaps we did in previous generations. Mm-hmm. People are looking for attention all the time. Social media, of course, is a massive part of that. So I think it probably is yeah. Um, yeah. on the increase. Um, but of course, you know, right. we, we need more studies to show yeah. that. It's really interesting um, and ju- just goes to show how important the early mm. years of childhood are. Whether you're being parented by a narcissist or not. Um, and, you know, no parent is going to get it right True. 100% of the time. And, of course, all parents mm. damage mm. their children, whether they're narcissistic or not. And that's kind of, you, you know, you're never going to get it right. You can't beat yourself up about that all the time you can only do your best and you've got to accept that you are going to pass on problems um, to your children and that it's that child's job almost in adulthood to, to be able to identify those wounds and heal them and then in turn they will do the same to their children. No, I, th- I find that really interesting how it happens in the first place. Mm. My brand new book Narcissists in Divorce from Love Locked to Leaving is out now. For more information and online courses about narcissism, please do check out my websites, thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com.